0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. All right, well, Happy New Year City Church. I just want to say what an honor it is to be able to come here and celebrate New Year's Day with you guys. Now, I did just start partying like two hours ago, so it kind of gave me some time to get into this. I'm just kidding. They would give me... um, But I'm so excited because today is the last... Uh, service here in the old cameo, and that gets me pumped because that means that renovations are going to begin and restore is about to take place. So if you're excited about that, just let me hear you. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, now, many of us here start off every new year right, by setting a goal for ourselves. By a raise of hands, who has set a goal for themselves this new year? Awesome, like six of you. That's so great. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Well, six of you guys are telling the truth. The rest of you guys are lying, but it's okay because you're in church, so you'll be forgiven for that. But, you know, we all know that these goals um, are something we always set for ourselves. And, you know, even if you haven't set a goal, you will, right? We, We always want to set goals for ourselves. We always want to be better. And those goals look something like this year, I'm going to go to the gym every morning. That was my goal, and I didn't go to the gym this morning. This year, I'm not drinking any more soda. This year, I'm going to eat healthier. This year, I'm going to live life to the fullest. Or this year, I'm going to save more money and spend less. And no matter what your resolution is or your goal um, or your promise for yourself for the year is, we all know that around February and March when, you know, the uh, holidays are in the rearview mirror, uh, the excitement of uh, New Year's Day is, is, you know, far behind us we start to forget about our goals a little bit. We're like, what was my goal for that year? Oh, yeah, I was going to go to the gym. Yeah, I haven't gone to the gym all year. Right? And so when that happens and we begin to forget our goals um, for that, we begin to lose sight of everything that we set for ourselves. You know, it's true. Statistics show that 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail before the year is over. Now, I'm not giving you the stat to discourage you or to tell you that you're wasting your time, because check it out, 8% of us here today are going to achieve our goal. And that's awesome. Congratulations to you, 8%. <laughs> but I bring this up because I wanted to talk about what causes so many dreams, promises, and goals to go unfulfilled and unaccomplished throughout the span of a year. Now, I think we could all agree that one of the most common goals for this, or one of the most common reasons for this is life. Life happens. Life happens all around us, So when that begins to happen, we forget, we begin to lose sight of all the things that we had set for ourselves. Now, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, we have all had or will experience a life happens kind of moment. Let me give you some examples, right, where life seems to be going really great, life seems to be going your way exactly how you had planned, and then boom, something happens, and you're like, oh man, I don't know what to do. Right? You're going to the gym every morning, you're eating healthy, you're on this roll, and then boom, breakfast tacos happen. And you're like, oh man, I don't know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> or how about this, when you do everything possible to stay healthy, right? you do everything you can to, to stay healthy and prevent yourself from getting sick, and then some fool sneezes on you in the elevator. And then later on that day, you have mucus coming out all over the place and you don't know what's going on. Right? Life happens. Life happens in those moments. How about this, when you lose a job unexpectedly, life happens. When you lose a loved one, life happens. When your teenager is acting a fool and you have no idea what to do, life happens in that moment. I got a person, mm. So right now I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to say, life happens. Life happens. See, and when those moments happen, when life happens, there's always going to be a response. And those responses look something like, how am I going to pay my bills? Am I going to lose my mom or my dad to this sickness? Is there a future for my teenager? Am I going to lose my life to this disease? Right? There's always a response. And more often than not, the response happens out of fear. Right? Fear. And if we're not careful, that fear that we respond with has the potential to drive out our lives further and further away from the goal and the life that we expect for ourselves and the goal and the life that we want for ourselves. And let me tell you guys, that's not the kind of year I want you to have. I want you to know that I love you guys, I care about you, and whether you're 7 or you're 70, I want you to know that I want 2017 to be the best year that you can possibly have. That's awesome. Now, with that, I want to explore this question today. When life happens, how should you respond? I'm going to say that again. When life happens, how should you respond? Now, these moments are not anything new, right? These life-happened moments are nothing new. People long before us, like Pastor Doug, have experienced these life-happens kind of moments, and one of the examples that I absolutely love is when Jesus' closest followers, his disciples, experienced a life-happens moment of their own. Out to get into the story, the day began with Jesus performing miracle after miracle. The Bible says that Jesus healed a man that wasn't even in his presence. He was healing people that were demon-possessed and that were sick. Right? And as the day continued... Jesus was teaching large crowds, and these crowds gathered around him to hear all that Jesus had to say. And every time that Jesus was teaching or every time that Jesus healed a sick person, his disciples were right there with him. They got to witness firsthand all of the incredible things that Jesus was doing, not just in the life of other people, but in their lives as well. And that was incredible. See, their life was going really, really well rolling with Jesus. But as you know, life happens. So probably wanting to get away from the large crowd after a long day of healing and teaching, Jesus said to his disciples, and you can go ahead and follow me on the screen as we get the scripture, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So, Jesus, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. See, life was going well for these guys. They got to roll with Jesus. They got to see all the crazy things and awesome miracles that he was performing. And then life happened. Not even Jesus' closest followers are an exception to these moments. They were met by a fierce storm. And I know all too well what that's like. On New Year's Day of 2012, I had goals beyond goals for myself. See, that year was the beginning of my last semester in high school, and it was the beginning of my first days as a college student and an adult. So my goals were that of an 18-year-old. I was going to pack my things. I was going to move from Austin to San Antonio, the first moment I got. I was going to start college. I was going to find a great church to get plugged into. Right? I was going to move into my first apartment, and I was going to move in with my best friend. Life was going to be awesome. I was finally going to get to be an adult. And I was so excited for it. If you're excited to be an adult, raise your hand, right? Nobody here. <laughs> but you already know. Life happened. Life happens. So July 24th, 2012, as I was doing a summer internship in Austin, I began to feel sick. Now, this wasn't a flu kind of sickness or cold And to be honest with you, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that something felt wrong. And so like any good American, I rushed to my computer, I jumped on Google, and I started Googling all the symptoms. And and you guessed it, I was dying. (laughs) So everything that I discovered while I was Googling freaked me out to the point that the very moment that I got home, I rushed to my dad. I said, Dad, hey, man, I just discovered all these things. you got to take me to the hospital. I don't know what's going on. And so we did, we went to the hospital, and after many, many hours of invasive tests and scans, and after hours upon hours of waiting, the doctor walked into my room, and he sat right in front of me, and he told me three words, the three words that nobody ever wants to hear. He said, Robert, you have Cancer. When life happens, how do you respond? Let's take a look at how the disciples responded at the moment that life was happening to them. Remember, they just got onto the boat. They were stuck in the middle of this fierce storm. It's dark, and now their boat is taking on a bunch of water. Verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head in a cushion. The disciples woke up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Here's what you got to understand. Most of these guys, most of these disciples, they're fishermen. They've been fishermen their whole entire lives, meaning that they're used to rough weather. They're used to bad waters. And they knew exactly how to navigate when there was a storm. So the fact that they were afraid of the storm tells us that this must have been so crazy of a storm, it was like nothing they had ever experienced in their entire lives. See, when we face a storm, when we're stuck in the middle of a storm, and it's fiercer and it's bigger than anything we've ever experienced, it can not only feel like our boat is about to sink, it can not only feel like our hopes and dreams are about to drown, but it can also feel Like, God simply doesn't care. Some of us were like, God, don't you care that life is happening and my marriage is falling apart? God, don't you care that life is happening and now I'm without a job and I have no idea what my future is going to look like? God, don't you care that I just got diagnosed with this sickness? God, don't you care at all? Do you not care that I'm going through this? See, I would love to say that I responded completely opposite of the way the disciples did and the way that some of us do sometimes. But upon receiving the news that I was diagnosed with cancer, fear immediately struck my body. Tears swelled up in my eyes. and My body just went ice cold. I didn't know what to do. See, life was happening, but it wasn't happening the way that I had planned. This was not in my plan. See, I was faced with a battle that I didn't want anything to do with. And every day during that battle, my life wasn't my own. I was either at a doctor's appointment, I was getting ready for surgery, or I was getting blasted by a chemo treatment. See, in moments like this, I could think, God, do you not care? See, I I was experiencing a fierce storm of myself, for myself, right? I was in the middle of this crazy storm. I was afraid that my hopes and my dreams were sinking, that my boat was filling with water and there was nothing I can do about it. I was afraid of what my future was going to look like, or even if I was going to have a future at all, I didn't know what to do. And all I could do in that moment was respond the same way the disciples did. And all I could think was, God, are you there? God, do you not care? that I'm going through this, are you not going to show up for me this time? So when life happens, when you face a storm more fierce and more scary than anything you've ever faced before, and it feels like God is sleeping on your situation, how should you respond? Well, what happened next in the disciples' story will give us an idea we're going to pick them in verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, saying, Silence! Be still! And suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. Oh, man, there's so much in this story right now. So much in this part of the story I don't want you to miss. And reading through it once, you're not going to get it, but I'm going to break this down for you. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. The word rebuked expresses a sharp criticism towards someone because of their behavior or action. Guys, when Jesus woke up, he was mad. He was so mad. He didn't walk up tell the storm. All right, storm, calm down. No, he was like, silence, be still, because he was mad. He was frustrated. But who was he upset towards? He wasn't mad at the storm. He wasn't mad at the winds and the waves for waking him up. No, he was mad at his disciples. He was frustrated with his disciples. And you would be too. I'm sure Jesus thought, guys, come on. You guys just saw everything that I'd done. You've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me cast out demons. You've been in every single teaching that I've ever done. How are you not getting this? How do you not get who I am? Jesus was frustrated. See, the moment that life wasn't going the way that the disciples wanted it to go, it's like they forgot just who was on their boat. What happened next? Jesus sets the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly, the wind stopped. There was a great calm. Let's take a look at this phrase, silence, be still. See, the phrase comes from the Greek, pefimoso. And the only time that this phrase is used in Scripture, is to calm this storm, and when Jesus calms this storm. Now, this is important. I really want you to pay attention. This is super important. I need you to get this. Pethymosa is a command that serves as a timeless reminder to who is really in charge. See, Jesus reminded the storm of his power and his authority, and when he uses pefermosil, he's basically saying, "Hey, storm, you already know that I'm the creator of all things. You already know that I have been in control since the beginning of time. So I command you to stop." I command you to stop. In other words, Jesus is in control of every single storm. Jesus can calm anything. He can calm every storm in your life. Jesus can calm the storm in your marriage. Jesus can calm the storm in your finances. Jesus can calm the power of the storm in your out-of-control teenager because he is in control. But I get it. I understand that when we face storms in our life, man, our life can feel out of control. Our life can feel like we're losing grip and we don't know what to do. Which is why Jesus goes on to ask these two very, very significant questions. He asks his fear-filled disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? How many times have you been asked these questions by either a peer or by God, why are you afraid? Do you still not have any faith? So I'm one week into chemo treatments, one week. It turns out treatments were way harder than I thought they were going to be. One weekend, I couldn't go anywhere without feeling like I wanted to puke all over the place. I felt weak. taking naps and sleeping it off it didn't work. I just felt worse. And worse. I felt like God had left me at this point. I felt like I was alone. I felt like I was facing this fight by myself. And so in a result of that, I was so scared. I was so afraid. I was so terrified. What's my life gonna turn out to be? This is one week into my battle. One week. And as I expressed all these feelings and all these emotions to a mentor of mine named Colin, he asked me two questions. He said, Robbie, why are you freaking out, man? What are you why are you afraid? Robbie, do you not believe in God anymore? Because right now it doesn't look like it. Man, he called me out right there. One weekend. See, that day I recognized that I was all about Team Jesus up until the moment that life wasn't going my direction. I was all for God when life was going great. But the moment that life wasn't going my way, I forgot what the disciples forgot. I I forgot what many of us here today forget. I forgot who was on my boat. I forgot who was on my boat. See, there was a reason why God was allowing me to experience the storm that I was experiencing at the time. There was a reason for it. But in order to discover that reason, I had to first go through the storm. I had to first face the storm. And so... As I went through the storm, I had to remember this, and I want you guys to remember this too, especially when you're facing your storms. When life happens, remember who is in your boat. When life happens, remember who is in your boat. Because here's the truth. In life, we don't get to choose what happens or what doesn't happen. We know that's the truth. We do not get to choose But we do get to choose how we respond. You get to choose how you respond. In the moments that life isn't going as planned, in the moments that you feel discouraged, you have to remember who's in your boat. Choose to remember who's in your boat. Because Jesus led his disciples onto the boat. He allowed them to go through the storm. And the moment that they needed him, he was there for them. He used the storm as a tool to help build their faith in Jesus. Because he had incredible plans for them, and they began on the other side of the storm. So, who exactly is in your boat? Who is in your boat? The Creator of all things is in your boat, the Most High God is in your boat. The Alpha, the Omega is in your boat. The Great I Am is in your boat. The Creator of all things is in your boat. Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings is in your boat. And check this out. He's in control of all the storms and he can control uh, control the storm in your life. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So right now I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to tell them Jesus is in your boat. Oh, come on, say it like you believe it. Jesus is in your boat. So this year, instead of putting all of our focus and all of our effort in a New Year's resolution, let's be honest, we're probably going to forget about. We should make it our goal. We should make it our goal, our mission to stop and realize who is in our boat, especially in the moments that life begins to happen, because God is going to allow you to experience all sorts of things in your lives. And some of those things are going to be amazing, and unfortunately, some of those things, life is going to happen, and it's not going to go the way you want it to go. That's just the truth. And in those moments, you have to decide how you're going to respond. The Scripture tells us in James one, verse two: "Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great what's that word?" joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So no matter what you might face in your life, though it might seem unbearable, though it might seem like God has left you and God's sleeping on your situation, he's not. In fact, he's using this moment. He's using the moment that life isn't going your way as an opportunity to build your faith so that you can accomplish all that he has planned for you on the other side of the storm. Just like he did for the disciples. Just like he did for me. See, the moment that I stopped focusing on how scary my situation was, and I started to remember just who was on my boat, treatments became easier. The sickness became more tolerable. And just a few months later, The cancer was defeated. Now, that's awesome. I can't tell you how thankful and grateful I am for my life. But more importantly than that, the moment that life wasn't going my way, God took that moment and he used it for his glory. He used it to build my faith so that I can accomplish what he had waiting for me on the other side of the storm. And what was waiting for me on the other side of the storm is what I get to do every single day in ministering to the incredible students of City Youth Downtown. I get to minister to the incredible students. That's awesome. Thank you, God. See, your teens, your teens are walking through storms right now. Students of this church, students of downtown San Antonio, students of San Antonio in general are walking through storms. And because God helped me through mine, I have the opportunity now to walk with them through theirs so that they know who is on their boat, so that they know they're not alone, so that they can ultimately live the life that I know that you want for them and the life that God wants for them. Here's the deal, City Church, I'm here for you. I love you guys, and I'm here for them. We're here for you. And so this year, I want you to make a commitment. This year, I want you to make a commitment. It's not going to be anything difficult. Two things. I want you to get here to church every Sunday. Make it a commitment to to walk into these doors every Sunday. Because here's the thing. Life's going to happen. And in those times, we want to be here for you. We want to walk through those storms with you. And the second thing is I want you to get your student, your teenager, to sit youth every Wednesday night. Because let me tell you, they share stuff at City Youth that they will never share with you. That's just the truth. Get here every Sunday. Get your teen to City Youth every Wednesday. Let's walk through these storms together. I promise you, you will benefit from this because God has something incredible planned for you in this year. And so when life happens, I want you to remember who is on your boat. Let's pray. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Now, I know some of us walked in here today, and you're sitting in your seat right now, and you're saying, Robbie, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm not confident that Jesus is on my boat. I'm not confident in that. See, there's no way that Jesus will want to be on my boat, after all the things that I've done, after all the things that I've said, after all the things that have been done to me. Well, that's you right now, and you're sitting here, and you have that feeling. I want you to look up at me right now. Say, I have something to tell you. There's not one thing that you've ever done in your life, there's not one thing you've ever said in your life, there's not one thing that's ever been done to you that will make God, make Jesus not want to be there for you, make God not want to love you. There's not one thing. See, and if you want to walk out of here with a confidence, knowing that Jesus is on your boat, all it takes is for you to believe. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that there's a God who loves you so much that he sent his son down here to be born of a virgin, to live a perfect life, and to die an incredible death for you so that every wrong thing, every bad thing that you've ever done in your life can be forgiven so that when you choose to believe that, not only is your life here on earth going to be made significantly better, but your life after this will be incredible. And it starts when you believe. Because the moment you believe, then you know for sure you can walk with confidence knowing that Jesus is on your boat. Now, that's you. You really don't know where to start, but you're ready to make that step. It's simple, and it's not a magical prayer. These words are not going to get you into heaven. It's all about the condition in your heart. So if you need help getting there, just repeat after me. God, I acknowledge that my life has kept me from you. But today, the best way I know how, I choose to believe in your son, Jesus. I choose to believe all that he's done for me. And from this day forward, I dedicate my life and all that I do to you. Jesus, thank you for being on my boat. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Now, I know some of us here today, because I used to be one of these people, walked into this building today, and you're dealing with some sort of sickness. Might be mental, might be physical. Right, and you don't know why you're going through it. But you want to know, and you want to use this opportunity right now to, to pray to God and say, God, give me some healing here. That's you. We're, we're going to pray again together. And, and that's you, just simply repeat after, repeat after me. God, today, I'm living with this sickness. And to be honest with you, I don't know why I'm going through this. But today I choose I choose to ask you for healing. If it is in your will, if it is in your will, if it's in your plan for my life. God, please heal me. But Lord, I acknowledge that if it is not in your plan for my life, then I pray that you show me my purpose for this moment of my life. And I pray that you give me the strength to accomplish all that you have had planned through this moment of my life. So Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you with all that I am. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.